God is not a God of disorder or confusion, but is the God of peace. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning stars rise in your hearts. You are tuning into the Tribe of Christians podcast with host Brandon Dawson, the chief sinner, bringing you a peace of mind, clarity, insight, and perspective to the world you live in by the word of God, featuring the latest updates on end time prophecy news. Don't, Don't forget, forget to subscribe to the, to the Tribe of, of Christians, Christians broadcast, broadcast either on Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Facebook, or YouTube at tribeofchristians.com. Without further ado, here is your host and teacher, The Chief Sinner. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Tribe of Christians podcast. I am your host, the Chief Sinner. In last episode, I talked about the prophetic events for coming year 2019 and the sign of Jonah. In this episode, I'm going to reveal the Hebrew prophetic meeting and message behind the year 5779 and how it relates to Revelation chapter 12 sign and the coming end times. In Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 through 21, we read, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. If you are a frequent listener of the Tribal Christians podcast, you have heard me say this a lot. And I can't stress this enough to you because it's 100% completely, absolutely true. There is no such thing as coincidences. When you see certain things add up at the same time, when you see a reoccurring theme throughout your day, when you come across a friend you haven't seen or heard from in years, or perhaps something extraordinary occurs on a particular date and at that particular time, it is absolutely not a coincidence, but with purpose or a meaning. God Almighty, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning In the end, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of the entire existence of all life, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the throne that holds all things together, rather in heaven or on earth, the creator of time and space, the author and finisher of our faith, that God, that very same God is not limited in communication. He is not a limited God at all. The creator of life and of existence isn't limited to a particular language. He invented language. He isn't limited in understanding or knowledge, and he isn't limited in signs and symbols. No, but rather the entire timeline, the entire vast amounts of space, all of creation in heaven and on earth, all things, all places, all events are at God's complete use and exposal for communication. It is by no accident or coincidence when we see things reoccurring, when we see things occurring in the stars and in the heavens and on the earth that coincide with significant Jewish festivals or at a pivotal moment of shifts in power or moments on the earth. 
So it's not a matter of if God is speaking, but rather what is God speaking? It's always a matter of perspective. It's always a matter of faith and of understanding. And the Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is through the lenses of faith that we gain understanding. It is through faith that we understand the parables and what Jesus taught. It is by faith that we see the signs of the cross throughout all of history and throughout the entire scripture, both Old and New Testament. It is faith that we believe and understand that the Messiah was conceived and born through a virgin. It's through the lens of faith that we are baptized in water. It is by faith that we are able to see, that we are able to hear and understand the very things of God and what he is saying. It requires an open mind, a childlike attitude, willing to listen and to believe in order to see the signs of God in your life and all around you. Many of us go day in and day out without ever seeing the thousands of signs and signatures of God's fingerprints in our life. And we're praying for those very signs, but in reality, they are already present. They are already there. So we should be rather praying and asking for the revelation of those signs, the understanding of those signs, and the faith to see, hear, and believe them. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 4, we see the very first sign which is the revelation of light and the separation between night and day. Now we see the second sign occurring in verse 14 on day 4 with the creation of the sun, the moon, and in the stars. Now we have the existence of time, space, matter, and of numbers, dates, all precisely planned and orchestrated for the purpose of communication to indicate important, significant dates, times, festivals, and seasons. In Acts chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible tells us that God operates His will in what is called in times and in seasons. Daniel 2.20, God changes the times and the seasons. And the way that God changes those times and seasons in the book of Daniel is through the change of new and different leaders who rise to power and pass different laws and decrees to the people. You'll also notice that God also at times will use these different empires and will use war to change a nation's course of direction from evil to good or from good to evil, depending on the subject of that change and God's will and purposes for that subject and at that time. Ecclesiastes chapters 1, 9 through 10 tells us that these seasons come in repetitive cycles. It says the thing that has been, it is what, or it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. There is nothing new under the sun. History will and does repeat itself in cycles and in patterns and can be observed throughout the entire history. An example of a repeated cycle in the Bible is first, that Israel was scattered and restored as a nation, and this was prophesied in Ezekiel 22 and Amos chapter 9, first occurring at the coming of the Babylonian Empire and lastly occurring at the events of the Roman Empire after the crucifixion of Jesus. That's one example of a repeated pattern in history with Israel and Scripture. Also, a second example of a repeated pattern is If you go back and you study 
and researched the genealogies of the Old Testament, Adam was 130 when his son was born. And if you go all the way down to Terah, who was 70 when Abraham was born, and you add up those numbers, including the two years that are mentioned in Genesis after the flood, from Abraham or from Adam to Abraham totals 1,948 years in your Bible. So from Adam to Abraham was 1,948 years. And then when you go to the time of Jesus' birth, and you start at zero, and you count 1,948 years, you come to the full restoration of Israel as a nation, which occurred May 15th, or May 14th, depending on how you look at it, 1948. So you have from the first Adam to Abraham, from the first Adam to Abraham, you have 1,948 years. And then from the second Adam, which was Jesus, until the restoration of Israel, you have 1,948 years. That's an example of what is called a repetitive cycle. In Luke chapter 17, verses 26 through 29, Jesus tells us, As it was in the times of Noah, so it will be at the time of the coming of the Son of Man, as it was in the days of Lot. Now, if you go to Genesis 19, and in chapters 6 and 7, we see that things are happening prior to the flood, and the things that which are happening prior to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, those things, both of those events, are repeating themselves, all in which Jesus prophesied to us about in Luke 17. There's not one single thing of those events that isn't happening or isn't being repeated or is being left out, which is happening right now in our own time, in this present time in history. So over the years of studying biblical prophecy and significant prophetic events, is that Bible prophecy, what I've noticed, is always connected and linked to significant numbers. An example of a biblical number of significance would be the number seven, which means rest. Another biblical number of importance is the number 40, which is the number of testing. 50 is also a significant biblical number, which is the year of Jubilee, which is in Leviticus 23, where captives are set free and land is restored. 50 is also the day of Pentecost, in which the Holy Spirit was given to the church. And the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, another number, the number 70, which is a biblical number of significance, which deals with the Babylonian captivity and is connected to Matthew 24, representing a generation. There were 70 elders. There were 70 numbers or members of the Sanhedrin. Now, if you have an old version of the King James Bible and in some of the other older original translations that have the large side notes in the margins next to the scripture. And if you turn to Daniel chapter 8, right around verse 13, concerning the timeline of the prophetic events and in the end times, Daniel is in a vision and is hearing and seeing a conversation taking place concerning numbers, dates, and times. And there is an angel there who is in charge of special numbers, and they call him Palmoni. But in other uh, translations, it's also many people also consider him the same angel as the archangel Gabriel. But in that name, Palmoni, literally means the numberer of secrets or the wonderful numberer. 
He is the angel whose function has to do with controlling numbers. Numbers, therefore, and their secrets hold an important place in the word as well as in the works of God. Proverbs 25.2, it says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. In searching out, therefore, the secrets of the word of God, we are doing not only a royal, but an honorable work. If God uses it, it must be with infinite wisdom and with glorious perfection. And so it is. Each number has its own significance and its meaning. It's found to be in moral harmony in relation to subject matter and connection with which it stands. Biblical languages are numerical. Now to show you how this works, if you take the number seven, Joshua marched around Jericho for six days, and on the seventh day, the walls fell down. That event is repeated as well in history. In the 1967 Six-Day War in Israel, the war ended on the seventh day, and Israel annexed Jerusalem as its capital. They got Gaza area in the West Bank, and they also got the Sinai area. Two different wars on the seventh day, a victory. That's a repetitive cycle. Also, the 40-year cycles from 1948 to 1988, where Israel is a nation in 48, but in 88 is when the Jews start coming back from Russia in the north, fulfilling the prophecies of Jeremiah and of Isaiah. The Jews left the north country exactly 40 years from that particular time frame. Look to 50, the numerical cycle of 50. In 1898, you had the Zionist Congress predicting that in 50 years, Israel would be a nation. From that time, from, from 1898 to 1948 is 50 years. 50 is the number of Jubilee. And on May 14, 1948, Israel was declared a nation. There is also a second 50-year cycle that occurred. You have 1917, and at the end of World War I, when the Belford Declaration was given to the Jews, access back to Palestine. And if you go 50 years later, you come to 1967, where the city of Jerusalem was divided between two nations, was united as the capital of Israel. So these numbers are very significant in a prophetic pattern and cycle. Whenever a significant prophetic fulfillment is about to occur, when a major biblical prophetic event is about to take place or leading up to a biblical event about to occur, you'll see that numbers become very significant and have meaning when you are in that cycle, when you're in a repeated prophetic cycle. But when an event isn't occurring and you're not in a cycle, numbers and events don't match up or line up and they don't have much significance at all. This is why it is important to watch, to pay attention and be aware of knowing and understanding of the times and the seasons, just as Jesus instructed us to watch and not be led astray. Now, last year, I taught a little bit on this more specifically with the prophetic timeline of the number 70, a generational number which is directly connected to Matthew 24, when Jesus is talking about the when the end will come. Jesus says that when the season is upon us, that generation will not pass away until all events, every single prophecy is fulfilled. A generation 
is 70 years. And just recently, Israel celebrated its 70th year anniversary of being reestablished as a nation. A lot of very significant events occurred, including the four blood moons, the Revelation 12 sign, the great American solar eclipse, and the moving of the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. Now, I will probably do that teaching again sometime in the near future with more details, but if you haven't listened to that teaching yet and you want to check it out, you can find it on our website at tribeofchristians.com or on our Facebook page and YouTube channels or right here in our podcast app, either on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Now, I'm going to take you into a closer look at the Jewish year of 5779. I'm going to show you the prophetic significance of the year and number and how it relates to all these significant events which are taking place and how they relate to the end times. Now, there are 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And in the Hebrew alphabet chart, you have, if you're looking at it first, you'll notice that a letter of the Hebrew alphabet with a certain form, which is called the Aramaic script, which is the shape of that particular letter. Now, secondly, every letter in the Hebrew alphabet also has a numeric value assigned to it. And third, you'll see, if you're looking at it, you'll see it appears where some numerical values seem to be repeated. But actually, if you look at the chart, you'll notice that some of these letters have a dot on them, which distinguishes the enunciation of that letter. And sometimes the dot's in the middle of that letter, or it's on the top right or the top left. It just depends. But when you go back and you translate the numeric value of that number or a particular number a year, you'll discover that there are several significant things attached to that number and directly relate to the events which are occurring. So when you go through and you add up the numerical value, they spell Hebrew words, which gives us kind of a prophetic description or a characteristic surrounding the prophetic events which are taking place. Now, I have done this for every year for the past five years, where every single year on December and in January, where I've taken the Gentile calendar and numerical system, and I've taken the Hebrew calendar and numerical system, and I've interpreted the prophetic patterns and signs that are occurring in that year and in that season, and I compare them with one another. Now, it isn't always going to be like this. As I mentioned earlier, That it completely depends upon the times and the seasons and if there is a prophetic event which is occurring. If there isn't a significant event, a prophetic event occurring, then you're not going to be able to get much out of this system. And so for the last five years, it has been so astonishing to me how accurate and how clear that these prophetic numbers and dates have been. If you got some time, you can actually go to our website or our Facebook page and even on my own personal Facebook page and look up the last five years where I have published these words and you'll discover just how incredibly accurate and true it has been. There are now there are two different calendars as mentioned. There's a Gentile calendar and there's a Jewish calendar. 
And for the last nine years, or at least for the last, or at least what I think for the last nine years, the two calendars have been in an alignment, or at least a big portion of them are telling the exact same message. Now, for example, 2014 was the year of the door where some of the greatest opportunities presented itself. 2014 was the year in which God began to first connect and call me into the prophetic ministry, where I started to receive my prophetic sight and understanding. This was where God began to strategically place people in my life who prophesied over my life and to plant a vision for me. October 2014, I was living in a homeless shelter where the president of this shelter in Amarillo, Texas, had a midday service at the shelter. She came out and prophesied a dream. She said in that dream, God had shown her that there was a man on a bridge who had lost everything and went through great sorrow, but that man was crossing the bridge, crossing this bridge, and on the other side of the bridge was a great calling and destiny for this man's life. That man turned out to be me, and that bridge was the Brooklyn Bridge in New York City. I was in Texas at that time, and that was when God began to connect me to New York City and to my wife. I actually had this word published on my personal Facebook page, which I published on New Year's Eve before the events actually occurred. Now, in 2015 was the year of life, the year of God's name, and also the year of grace. It was the year in which everything would come into full cycle. The number five is connected to the number of grace. And that year, God moved me to New York City. I stayed in a rooming hotel. I didn't have any credit. I didn't have any money. And I had prayed for the grace of God to be given through a landlord that would just give me a chance. And shortly afterwards, I met my current landlord now where my landlord showed me great favor because of my military service, since his very own son is also currently serving in the military and serving in the very same exact military branch and in the same job title which I served, which was the Army National Guard as an infantryman. Now, he waived the application fee for me. He waived the deposit for me. He deducted over $200 off the value of our rental property and um, in the first month, he gave us for basically for free. Now, you can't tell me that that is a coincidence. Without a doubt in my mind, this was the very hand and grace of God. And nearly four years later, my wife and I are still in this very exact same apartment. Now, in year 2016, the number six in the Hebrew alphabet, which is Vav, and it is a hand, it has a hook. It represents the year of hookups, of snags, and the Gentile number six represents man and sin. And 2016 was the year where corruption would be revealed and where things of sin and in criminal court proceedings would be dealt with and revealed. If you remember, looking back in 2016, we saw more corruption than ever come to light, especially with the DNC, with WikiLeaks and the Hillary Clinton email scandals, which all came into light. It was literally one thing right on top of the next, in which I believe resulted in the win of the presidency of Donald Trump. 2016 was also the year in which my wife and I got married, and we saw some of God's greatest miracles occur. 
specifically with our wedding, but it was also the year in which I personally saw and experienced some of the greatest snag-ups and corruptions in my workplace and even running into some own some of my own snags in our local church. Now, in 2017, in the Hebrew alphabet, the number seven is Zayin, I believe, I think I'm pronouncing that right, which represents a sword and a sharp weapon. The number seven in the Bible represents rest, anointing, and the Spirit of God. That year was also a Shemitah year, which is the seventh year in a seven-year cycle in Hebrew, where no work was conducted. It was the year of rejuvenation and of encouragement. Now, 2018, the number eight, which is Shet or Chet in Hebrew, which translates to meaning life and birth. Now, you can actually go back and read that word on our Facebook page and our on our website, where you can read where I said that not only would there be a significant increase in births and special circumstantial births in 2018, but also would be the year of new beginnings, new deals, and a great time to invest and buy a house. Because on the eighth day, boys were were circumcised, which circumcision represented God's covenant with the people of Israel. In a covenant, there is a blood oath agreement made between two parties, and that's where you get both the spiritual implications as well as the financial and physical implications. Interestingly, the church in which my wife and I attend right now was destroyed in 2012 by Superstorm Sandy and has been actively working and seeking to buy and rebuild a new church building. Well, last year, that very same year, 2018, I witnessed our church go through a series of incredible miracles and ended up not only being granted over a million dollars from the Franklin Graham Samaritan's Purse Ministry, but the acquisition of land. Our church now has an incredible huge lot of land that they've purchased and are working through right now in the developmental stages getting ready to build the building. And what was even more significantly interesting is that our church is in an area of New York City where churches and ministries are scarce and desperately needed in this area. And if you get a chance, you want to look up that story. The name of church uh, of our church is House on the Rock Church in Rockaway Beach, New York. It's an incredible story if you ever get time and you want to go through and look it up with Pastor uh, Gary Petrillo. Also, it's important to know that in that year of 2018, we did see the incredible deal between North Korea and South Korea where they officially ended that that war, which occurred for nearly 70 years. We saw the U.S. embassy move into Jerusalem. We also saw huge business mergers and the rise of the stock market. Now, those are some examples of how God has spoken through numbers in these past five years and how they have related to some significant events. Now, last year, we're going to, now we're going to get into the year 5779. And last year in September, we moved from the year 5778 into the year 5779 because September is actually when the Jewish New Year begins. So in reality, we've actually been about between four and five months into the new year, even though the Gentile New Year begins begins in January. Now, the Hebraic value of the number nine is Tet. It is the ninth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, 
And if you're looking at the, at the pixel graph of the letter 10, it looks like a snake coiled inside of a basket or looks like a crown man with a sword of the spirit, depending on your perspective and how you're looking at it. And also, it somewhat resembles a pregnant woman. Now, Ted is a paradoxical letter in that it reveals two meanings, both good and evil. The form of the letter is inverted, suggesting hidden goodness, such as a woman who is pregnant with child. However, sometimes that potential for goodness is perverted and impurity results, or in the opposite, the things that may actually appear evil, but result in goodness. Now, Ted is also the least frequently occurring letter in Scripture, which the letter actually first appears in Scripture in Genesis 1, verse 4, where it says, God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Now, it's important to note that even here in Genesis 1, 4, we're seeing a form of a paradox where God makes the distinction between day and night. And it's interesting to note that the sun and moon weren't actually created until day four. We actually did a really cool podcast on that, if you want to go check it out sometime, called The Mark of the Beast, Leviathan and the Serpent. Um, anyways, I'm going to probably do another teaching on that, which is really good. But many of you probably remember the recent events of September 23rd in 2017, which was the Revelation 12 sign of the pregnant woman and dragon. Now, this is very interesting. I believe it has a direct relationship to 2019 in the number 9. Now, if you go back and you read in Revelation 12 about the sign, I'll go ahead and read it to you real quick. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky, flinging them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child. The moment he was born, she gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule the nations with the iron scepter, and her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. Now, this is very interesting. You can see all the different symbols which are present in the number in the Hebrew letter of nine of Tet. Now, the woman represents two things one, the church, but also two, Israel. The 12 stars represent the 12 apostles and the 12 tribes. The sun represents the Gentile nations. The moon represents Israel. The dragon represents both Satan and also the beast and the beast system of Babylon. The child represents the kingdom of Christ, but also the rebirth of Israel and Jerusalem. The desert represents safety and also uh, testing and wilderness, which I showed you in the, the example of the number 40. Now, October 2nd, 2000, 2018, the Lord gave me a direct word, which is published on our main website and also on our Facebook page, which I believe is in direct relation to this year and this prophetic season. Now, in that word, the Lord spoke to me saying, I, the Lord God, have done this. I have reached out my hand and have parted you like the Red Sea. What is mine is mine, and what is the world's is the world's. 
It is I who holds back the waters and separates them. By my word, they are distinguished. And as the wine press brings out the wine and separates it from its skins of the fruit, I am bringing out my harvest among you. Like the orange that is peeled, like the banana that is separated before eaten. It is the outside that preserves the fruit, but is also the inside that is eaten. And when the time has come, the outside is thrown away and rots. So now if you look at everything that's gone, you put it all together, right? You look at the numerical, the Hebrew numerical value of Tet, of the number nine. If you even look at the Gentile numerical value of number nine, you look at all the patterns and what everything translates to and what it comes down to. It is absolutely evident and clear to me and many others around the world that in 5779 right now, God is definitely making a division line between good and evil, where he's using evil for good and he's using uh where he's using evil for good and he's going to reveal the true colors and fruit of people what many thought was good is going to be revealed to be evil and what many who thought were evil will be revealed to be good it's completely backwards inside out indifferent that's how the kingdom of god operates you know you'll notice also in jesus what he said in matthew 24 concerning the end times he said to that there would be many false prophets that would rise up in the end times and to pay attention so that you're not deceived and you will recognize them by their fruit you know god also uses trials and tribulations to bring about a harvest to remove those who do not belong and to multiply the fruit in that harvest in which he is preparing, like gold refined through fire. Look at the United States right now in this time period and what we are going through. We're already seeing such a significant dividing point in America. And this dividing line isn't right down the middle. No, it's either extremely far to the left or extremely far to the right. There is no middle ground anymore. Now, if you even look at the political parties, at the Democratic or Republican parties, you'll see how the Democrats have moved extremely so far left, even into the LGBT and transgender movements, and even some calling for socialism reform and for the government and the removal of the Second Amendment rights. And if you look even at the Republican Party and how the party has even moved extremely far right, in some cases, you'll see an almost prejudice towards certain people groups and an extreme overreaction or overcorrection to some situations. There is no more going back to the way that things were, not back to the 40s or 50s or even the good times of the 80s and 90s. God is deliberately causing a great divide in our nation in preparation for the fulfillment of his word and of the gathering of his harvest. And if you look into the book of Revelation to the seven churches in Asia, if you go in and read to uh, the last letter written to the seventh church, you'll see even how this specifically relates to the Hebrew letter of Tet, of nine. And you'll see the very distinction between good and evil of God and Satan and of the dividing lines. You know, Jesus says to them in chapter 3 of Revelation, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold or hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. 
But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline to be earnest and re- to be earnest and repent. Now here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That and is absolutely no doubt in my mind. This is not a coincidence. That description relates to right now to what we are facing in America and the times and the season in which we are serving in and the preparation of the end times. We are living in a time where laws are being written to favor lawlessness and sin, to cater to those who live without accountability or morality. We are in a point in time where everything as it was in the times of Noah and in the times of Sodom and Gomorrah are literally reoccurring and happening right before our very own eyes, exactly as Jesus predicted it would. And if anything, it's probably worse than it ever was than the times of Noah or in Sodom and Gomorrah. We can also see with certainty and clarity, we see the picture of Revelation chapter 12 happening right in front of us. We can see with our very own eyes the Hebrew alphabet, Tet, the value of nine, the sign and paradox of good and evil happening right in front of us. And what this means is that God is bringing the war right to your front doorstep, right to your bank account, right to your job, and right in front of you. If you remember, Jesus said that there will be wars and rumors of wars. There won't be such a thing as a middle ground or a middle place. You're either hot or cold. You're either far left or far right. You're on one side or the other. And not making a choice is the same thing as making the choice of being against God. You have to be certain of the Word of God. You have to be certain of what you believe in. You have to be certain of your faith in God. And you have to choose to stand on faith and in God's Word because there's no more middle ground or on the fence. And this is exactly what this year and this season is going to be about. Everything is leading up to now and for the next three to four years, what we're going to see happen in the United States in relation to with Israel. Now, how many of you know that when you are called, when there is a direct calling and purpose on your life to serve where you are at and to meet the needs around you, the enemy paints a big target on your back in an effort to prevent God's will and kingdom from prospering? You see that in Daniel chapter 7. When although Daniel's prayer was heard, the enemy delayed that, the answer to that prayer for 21 days to keep Daniel from receiving that answer. Look at the book of Job, at Job's life, how the enemy destroyed everything present in Job's life. But in the end, God rewarded Job seven times greater than what he had before. Look at the events of Exodus at the time of Moses' birth. The enemy was there to devour every single male child to prevent the prosperity of the Hebrews and the fulfillment of God's word. Look at the events that occurred at the birth of Jesus, how King Herod was killing off every male-born child two years or younger to prevent the prophecy of the Messiah from coming to pass. 
all forms of repeated cycles which are occurring today. And it's happening right now. Look at the fight over the Supreme Court nominee of Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, and how ruthless it was all over the fight of abortion. Just recently, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, along with Hillary Clinton, announced a bill in which they would sponsor and will be signed into New York state law that will allow abortion to be conducted up to the ninth month of conception. Folks, I was born at seven months. My youngest sister-in-law was born at eight months. Many of us wouldn't be here today if that law was passed. And America right now is in the battle of killing of innocent babies and human beings. All in the name of civil rights. Did you know that abortion is the number one leading cause of deaths in America? But here we are seeing this. It's right here, folks. Look at the value of Tet, the Hebrew value of the number nine. Look at the Revelation chapter 12 sign. Look at uh, which occurred. That Revelation 12 sign occurred September 23rd of 2017. That was just around the corner. Look at the evidence and the signs of what is going on. It is apparent that the time is upon us and it is at the very doorstep. Let's get real. Are you going through some stuff right now? When you sit down and you look at everything and your life is in alignment with God and you're in the right direction but yet it appears that you're completely surrounded by evil, it can be tempting to give up or to feel that God is completely against you. But that is when trust comes into play. That is when faith comes into play. Where your trust is in God. Your trust is in God's word. And your trust is in the power of Jesus for your life as greater than the concerns of the enemy in your circumstances. Not that you're not going to experience loss because you will. But rather that in the end, there is a greater reward and a greater glory for those who wait and rely now, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 9-11, he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. I've become foolish. You yourselves compelled me. Actually, I should have been commended by you, for in no respect was I inferior to the most eminent apostles, even though I am a nobody. If it seems that you are being choked out by the enemy, and that the enemy appears to be winning, stay the course and do not give up. In the end, God will use this to your benefit and for his glory. Just as Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. Don't allow the schemes of the enemy to tire you out, to get you to quit. Those who wait upon the Lord shall mount up like wings of an eagle. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Christ's power is perfected and magnified in weakness, through humility, and in His grace. Just like the Revelation 12 sign, just like the pregnant woman, nine is also associated with the Holy Spirit. It's where we get the nine gifts of the Spirit, where we get the nine fruits of the Spirit. Nine is also the hour of prayer in which the hour of Pentecost happened. In the birth of the church, 
God is birthing something inside of you, inside of your soul, with the deepest desires for Him that He's going to use for His kingdom. You have to stay the course, and deliverance, I promise you, is on its way. Vince, don't be discouraged or lose heart. We serve a great and mighty God, faithful and true to His promises and His word. He tells us to take heart, for He has overcome the world. The story is written, and we know how it's going to end. God wins the battle. Would you pray with me right now? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your Son, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. I thank you for your word and for your grace. I ask that you may give me strength, as Paul declared in your word, that your power may be perfected in my weakness and struggles. I ask that you provide the deliverance, the encouragement, the affirmation, and the strength of your word to see your promises fulfilled in this season in my life. In your Son, Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Now you can find more great teachings just like this one on our website at tribeofchristians.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and social media. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast to help spread the gospel message to others. This concludes this episode's podcast. I am the Chief Sinner with the Tribe of Christians. May God bless you and always be with you.